When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, fellas, it's 2021, and honestly, if you're not manscaped by now, you are lagging behind. You're probably not feeling your best as best as you could be, and if you've never been manscaped before, you may not know what I'm talking about, but you gotta trust me. You gotta believe me. Gonna make you feel better. Gonna make you smell better. Gonna make whoever's feeling you and smelling you feel better and smell better. It really is a win all the way around for everybody. Self-care is important. It's easy to make fun of this kind of stuff, but honestly, it can make your life a whole lot better. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code DNVR. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Whether you're getting the full performance package 4.0, which comes with the razor and the uh, spritzer and the boxers and all the good stuff, the deodorant that you get, all that fantastic stuff. Of course, you can buy any of those things individually but whatever you do if you take care of your situation well your situation will be taken care of absolutely a must these days gentlemen you've got to get manscaped so do it today go to manscaped.com use promo code dnvr they'll hook you up a 20 percent off plus free shipping most importantly you get set up with some stuff to make you the best you Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Don't forget to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons, and joining us in what feels like has been for far too long of an absence from the show, hot off of his trip to Cooperstown, is the one, the only, from MLB.com, Manny Rendawa, one of our favorites. Manny, what's happening? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. It has been too long, and uh, um, I was excited when Patrick tweet, uh, texted me to, to be on the show, and you know, I was thinking of you guys, man, thinking of you guys uh, when I was uh, up in New York. I'm sure we'll talk more about that here in a minute. Yeah, man. Uh, first of all, really appreciated your tweet. I talked about that on the show and maybe we'll get into all that uh, again or not. But yeah, I, I did just, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we came on. I, I can't help but want like a kind of step by step. It's funny, Patrick said, give us, you wanted to start it like, okay, you, you land and you get off the plane. Like, I'm even before yeah. that. Like, I'm like, you're getting ready to go. Cause you know, I'm, yeah. Coop, uh, the, the, the pandemic sadly, and, and certain scheduling things and stuff, uh, I didn't get to make this trip. Sure. So I, 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 curiously through you, please, <laughs> yeah. please take me step by step. Well, I'll try to describe it as best I can. Yeah. Um, 
just as background, I had been to Cooperstown one time before, but it was in the off season. So it wasn't, and it was not for an induction, obviously. So it wasn't, uh, you know, I got to go through the, the, the gallery and I got to see the plaques and I got to go through the, the entire museum, which was awesome. But um, it's nothing like, you know, uh, going for, to see someone inducted, you know, whoever that might be. And obviously this one was different because there were only about 20,000 people there versus, I think they were projecting, you know, before the pandemic, you know, uh, right when uh, Walker and, and Jeter got elected, I think they were thinking like 75, 80,000, maybe a record. Yeah. Um, and so it was disappointing in that sense, but I mean, that's just how that's life right now. That's just how it is. So, um, and I think that's really what kept the, most of the, the, the Walker supporters, you know, not there. I mean, it's just too easy for, for the Jeter folks to drive an hour or two to get to Cooperstown and, um, and then drive back home that night, you know? And so it's like, for them, it was just, it was perfect, but for everybody else, you know, for Simmons and for, for Walker, it was kind of like, you know, it was, it was going to be a low turnout. I think I saw maybe half a dozen Walker jerseys the whole time I was there. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you know, you know, there's a, you know, you know, there's support for him and, and everyone's loving the moment back home in, in Colorado, but it's just, uh, it wasn't exactly, you know, um, there for that reason. But, um, so yeah, going, I mean, I didn't know what to expect, you know, just because, um, you know, I was thinking a lot about the, our, you know, the push, you know, to get him in. And then I was thinking about the, the, the watch party that night, um, and just kind of the, the feeling of, um, shock, you know, as to, as to what happened. So, um, you know, I remember embracing both of you guys individually afterwards. And I remember, you know, Danny Evans and I remember, you know, our Sabre people, and it, it was just an amazing thing. And, um, so I was just trying to kind of recall that just to get myself kind of ready, you know, for, for what, what was going to happen now after it was delayed for over a year. So, um, I think, you know, my, I didn't know what to expect and it was kind of surreal the whole time. I mean, even on the plane, it's like, you know, what am I doing? Where am I going? It's just, it was kind of surreal. And so when I got, when I, when I landed, I was kind of eager to see what Utica's like, and it's really boring. Um, there's really, (laughs) there's nothing there. Right. And it's just, the only thing is the, the, the the cool part about it is, is that since I was staying there, um, it was kind of like, all right, this is where it started for Walker, you know, and, uh, just kind of having that feeling of like, you know, this is honestly that Utica was an outpost where they put guys who are long shots, you know, that was the, that was an unaffiliated team, the blue Sox at that point anyway. And so it's like this dude, you know, signed him for 1500 bucks. He's a hockey player. Um, he's, he's athletic. Um, he doesn't even know the rules of the game. Let's put him out there and see what happens. <laughs> and obviously then the famous story, the third to the first, you know, across the yeah. diamond, which he told and all that. Um, but it was, it was cool just to, to, to consider on the drive, you know, um, the fact that it was 33 miles from there to Cooperstown and the fact that Larry is superstitious about the number and the fact that he was the 333rd hall of famer, um, you know, it's just boggles the mind and, uh, just kind of have all of these thoughts swirling in my head. Um, but it was still surreal. Like I didn't really feel like it was real. Um, you know, I, I again, like I'm not, a, I didn't grow up a Rockies fan, so I, I don't have that angle on it, but obviously I was, I was, I was pushing hard for him because, you know, when I wrote the book, I did the research and I, and I, I found what you guys already knew, you know, I found that this guy is an all time great. He belongs in the hall of fame. So it was surreal in the sense that, wow, it actually happened. And I still don't quite know how it happened. And now it's becoming real. So when I get there, um, 
you want a step by step? I'll give you step by step. I'm like looking at I'm looking at fifty dollar parking, uh, you know, for all day, uh, right there by the right there by Double Day Field. Well, man, you could you could have parked downtown, and they had a little a little bus. They had a, they have a trolley no, that no, can no, take I mean, you that, down the field as well. That was that was down the street from the bus. Like that was where the bus picked up, and it's like fifty bucks to park your car there. So. I, uh, but I found, I found somehow I found a, me, a, a metered spot for $14 for the day and it was awesome. I was like, all right, cool, sweet. And went down to the first place I went, uh, was cause it was literally around the corner from where I was, was, uh, baseballism. Oh, so, yeah. um, awesome store. Very cool. And, uh, and then went to, um, I had to give one of the tickets I had for the seating to, um, one of our fellow media people that, um, cause I had an extra ticket and, I. So I went down to see him in the media workroom at the at the Clark Sports Center where they do the the induction and gave that to him. And I'm like, all right, well, I saw Jenny and uh, and Huey and um, and we, we talked a little bit. And then I I, I just went back to um, just to just walk around, have a little lunch, walk around. Cooperstown is a walk around place. You got to I went to Mickey's man, man, like you told me, Patrick, I went to Mickey's uh, awesome place. Um, Larry Walker actually called them called their guy their the the proprietor there and said I, I want a bunch of stuff I think and he he just didn't have the stuff like he didn't have much of Walker stuff it was pretty disappointing it's like what what in the world this guy is gonna this guy's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame right um but uh but it was cool that's the stuff you see there you're not gonna find anywhere else and um just the memorabilia and everything walked around there went to the when it was time you know I went an hour early because I didn't know what to expect got into our seats it was about um, 80 degrees ish, uh, partly cloudy, and it was supposed to rain. That's not bad though. That's, yeah, that's pretty it's good. supposed that's, to rain a lot. It's been like, one of the nicer things. We're moving it from late July to when they yeah, do in exactly. September. It's not like it's 100 degrees with humidity, right? I, I I was hot, but I was like, how do they do this in July? Like, how how in the world do they do this in July? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, I get there, sit down, get my my program or whatever. Um, this is their their the program that they gave out. Um. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's memories and dreams. It's like the uh, the yearbook. So this is their Hall of to, Fame magazine. Okay, yeah. yeah, you can yes, become a member a, of the of the uh, Hall of Fame as well, and and they'll, yeah. they'll send you those magazines. You get discounts on uh, all kinds of gear at, at the Hall of Fame, and uh, exactly. you get to go in as many times. You know, if you happen to be there, and you get and you get, the, and you get the seating too, like for these kinds of events. I actually got it from someone who was a member who couldn't go, so I really. It was, it was awesome. I, I didn't actually know what I was going to do with as far as, you know, what seating was concerned. But, um, but yeah, if there's anybody out there who wants merch, um, you know, they got you to hook you up. Um, you got a lot of Larry Walker stuff there. And, you know, now, so many, this, you, you, this is where you get the stuff, right? When you, that's you the know, good stuff. Yeah. Out of a catalog. But, um, but yeah, they so. A couple commercials, too. I don't know for the coverage on yeah. television. You know, they're selling the bats. Uh, with, oh, yeah. You know, some signatures. And some yep. stuff engraved, and, you know. And and one thing you just said, like, how do you deal with it in the summertime? The last time, or a couple times ago, uh, my father and I went. We we set our chairs up. So there's a big lawn, as you said, the the Clark mm -hmm. uh, Sports Center that they have, and yeah, there can be upwards of seventy five thousand to a hundred thousand people, depending on. I think the Ripken Gwyn one had is the record, and I think that was seventy five k something like that, that. Yeah, that that's that's a lot, and it goes all the way up on onto this hill. But again, it's it's a free event that you yeah. can go to a lot of people will set their chairs up a day or so in advance mm -hmm. in 2015 my father Martha's and i good. went yeah there were six guys bobby cox lou Pinella, joe torrey greg maddox 
Frank Thomas, Tom Glavin. We set up our chairs, and to your point, it was so hot. We didn't even go. We, we learned that, and this is a little hack for anyone if you do go to an induction, stay in the Hall of Fame. They've got a little theater that's air conditioning. Just watch it from there. Watch live. So <laughs> granted, right? yeah, so you're not there in person, but you're right. a lot more comfortable. You don't have to worry about paying for that parking because you're already in there. Uh, and then right. you just got to go later and pick your chairs up, which no one's going to challenge that story. No, I mean, you say, Hey, I went to no the one's gonna say you weren't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's going to split. You can show up your ticket. Right. I went to, I went to, I, I went to New York, New York. I mean, I was there. You know? Now, if they knew what kind of chairs we had brought and the fact that we came back with different chairs, gives well, yeah, you the idea of rough. like, yeah, someone took our chairs because they said, Hey, look, these jerks never showed up. So we yeah. got an extra souvenir for ourselves back home. And we just, you know, ended up taking somebody else's. Chairs that weren't as nice as ours. We downgraded, to be fair. We downgraded. <laughs> yeah. But it can get really hot. So, you're, yeah. You're I, again, like it was only like 80 degrees when we, I mean, we're in September and I was, I was baking out there in the sun. And it was, um, but it was good that the, the rain basically held up until literally right when it ended and then it started pouring. And so it was, it's good that we got it all in and everything. There was some raindrops and Jeter stepped up there. I thought that might, you know, uh, that there might have been a riot if Jeter had to, they had to move it inside, you know, for Jeter's part. Um, because, you know, honestly, during Don Fear, you know, talking about Marvin Miller, they were getting antsy. They were really getting antsy. They're like, all right, we don't want to hear more about the union and we don't want to hear more about the player, you know, the, 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 the things that free agency and the advent of free agency and all that. We don't want to hear about that stuff. So, um, because they're honestly, it was like 98 to two Yankees fans, everyone else. That's what it was. Yeah. And, and so, um, but it was, it was cool. I mean, you know what, I, a, a couple of observations for me, I had Ted Simmons should narrate everything. I mean, Ted Simmons, I had, yeah. I had no idea yeah. he had that kind of a voice and uh, it's just an epic kind of, it's kind of Morgan free. He's got some Morgan Freeman in him where like he can, I mean, he, he can make anything sound good. Right. And um, before you move away yeah. from Ted Simmons, by the way, can I throw yeah. a, a recent sure. pet peeve thing of mine at, at you? Well, since we are, yeah. I think forever, all of us now partners in crime and, 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 and brothers in arms when it comes to these hall of fame things, there yeah. aren't enough catchers in the hall of fame. Catchers are underrated. Yeah. I think when you're right. our time comes, you know, there's going to be this group of Joe Mauer. Now he played some first base. I know, but Joe Mauer, Buster Posey, Salvador right. Perez, Yadier Molina, these guys. That's and, a great and, point. I never thought about that. It's going to be a large group of catchers for us, right, when we start yeah. getting our votes. Yeah. And, and even historically speaking, like people, there just aren't that many. So yeah. I was so happy. Uh, I'm with you and Will in the comments. Ted Simmons got to narrate everything. But also, Ted Simmons belonged in the Hall of Fame because he was yeah. an extraordinary catcher. Well, I think that, you know, with him, between him and Walker – you know, we saw a lot of, um, I think, progress. Justice. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and it's funny because the juxtaposition with Jeter, who in a lot of ways is an overrated player. It wasn't, that wasn't the day to, 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 to dump on him. I wasn't going to, you know, he's Hall of Famer. I still think he's a Hall of Famer. But um, the juxtaposition of him and then Simmons and Walker was very kind of like, okay, we got the, the traditional guy who is like, the only question is whether he's going to get hundred percent versus these two guys who should have been in before. And now they're finally in, you know, long, many years later. 
Um, it was satisfying, I think, in that sense to see the the, the progress, the justice, as you say, uh, taking place in, you know, before it was too late for, for these guys. Um, obviously, Simmons was the, you know, was the Veterans Committee, right? So that's, um, it was kind of, you know, too late for him in the sense that he didn't get voted in by the writers. But, um, but his speech, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't, that was what I took away from that. Like, wow, like, I mean, this guy, I can't believe he doesn't do more stuff on television or radio or whatever, you know, just podcast, you know, just voice or voiceover stuff, you know, he could narrate some Cardinal stuff. I mean, like on MLB network and stuff, like I can see him totally doing that, you know, I, that would be pretty cool. And then, you know, and then Jeter, um, we'll save the best for last, but Jeter, um, I think was, uh, very Jeter, you know, it was, and I think I got this from the Yankees fans too. I, 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 I went to, I went to dinner afterward and I was sitting next to a couple of Yankee fans at the bar and um, I was having I was having dinner. They were probably done. They were having drinks and stuff and talking. And the MLB Network is just on, of course. And they're talking about guys who should be in and who who aren't yet. You know, other guys. You know, Jeff Kent and all these other guys that they think that should they should be in the Hall of Fame. And you know, they weren't exactly impressed with Jeter's speech. You know, and they, you know, I mean, Patrick knows this. New Yorkers are um, they don't care who you are. You know, if if you don't if you don't bring it and do you know, do a great job, a super job. They'll let you know about it. Um, of course they appreciated him. You know, they loved him. They showered him with love. And, and obviously these guys, I'm sure did that too. But later on when they were kind of reflecting, they're like, and literally these guys said, Larry Walker gave a good speech. You know, they were like, they, they, they made a point to say that you know, because he was funny. He was, uh, it was kind of like very down to earth and very, uh, you know, we know Larry, he's just so self-deprecating he's and, really, and it's, yeah. it's just, everything is so um, relatable. You know, and where Derek, whereas Derek Jeter, you know, and 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 this is not two sides, relatable. Yeah, there are two relatable. sides of this coin because on one side he did, didn't have any gift baskets in my time. He did have a, a, a career where he never right. was like in any scandals. He never was in trouble. He was never like yet like he handled that really well in New York, and he did a great job of being like that that image of the captain, the leader. Um, but on the flip side of that is when you have things like this where you can't relate to them because nobody's like, like who's like that, you know, like very yeah. few people in the world are like that. And that says something good about him. But at the, at the same time, it's also like Walker was literally a guy you could just be sitting next to having a beer and he's telling you his life story. And it sounds, that's the same way basically that it sounded. I mean, he's nervous. You know, he was nervous. You could tell he was nervous in certain yeah. aspects of it. I think he still delivered it really well. Yeah. And but for Jeter, I think it was very um, I guess there's no better way to put it than very Jeter, very polished, very clean, very straight down the middle, very, um, you know, virtually no humor in it. Um, and uh, we won a lot, you know, and so it's like and they did. And so I think that was the everyone was waiting for that. That was the main event. Everyone was going to wait for that. But it was kind of anticlimactic, I think. I think Walker, the beautiful thing about the Walker speech was how much people discovered about him in that 15 minutes because they didn't look before. These are Yankee fans. They didn't care. They didn't look. They know he's going to go in along with Jeter, but all that matters is Jeter and for them. And I literally ha had people like commenting about how funny this guy is and how enjoyable it was to listen to him and, you know, utter shock at how little he knew about the game when he started and utter shock as to how far he came in just from Utica in 1989 and 85 to the hall of fame. And a guy who basically played almost no baseball until that point. 
Um, and so the things that we have been saying for years, these people were just finding that out. And it was fun to see that happening in real time. There was a guy sitting behind me who, when the commissioner read off his plaque, he was just absolutely his jaw was like he had to pick his jaw up off the ground. Like it was unbelievable. And, and so he went, what? He was like, what? He goes on his phone and he pulls up Walker's baseball reference page. And he starts looking at the the, the batting titles. He starts looking at the uh, MVP season. He starts looking at all of this stuff. And he's like, he really did do that. Is He literally had to get – it's on the plaque, man. Of course he did that. <laughs> but, like, if the fact that you have to go and you have to confirm it for yourself, that's because you can't believe it. They really got to know how great Larry Walker was, and it happened right there, even before he stepped to the mic. And then when he stepped to the mic, they learned about how, how uh, congenial of a, of a person he is. And um, I think, uh, you know, it was really cool that he um, I heard you guys podcast afterwards about how, you know, he, he gave the kind of embarrassing uh, anecdote about, you know, going third yeah. to first, you know, and, and across the pitcher's mound out on a hit and run and that where the ball was caught in the outfield and not knowing that you had a retouch second. And he said it because why? And Drew brought this up. He said it because he wants he, and he said he said it because he wants kids out there to know if you don't have you may not have the pedigree, you may not have the experience that hard work does pay off. It happens. It can happen. I'm, I'm, a, I'm living proof of it right here. This is, this can happen for you. And that's not, not just for Canadians, that's for anybody. And so, um, you know, it, it was cool to see that. I think that his, um, I think that his, he was very, he was very good about um, acknowledging everybody that needed acknowledgement, obviously in, in his uh, career. Um, you know, I can't be easy to do three teams um, and it can't be easy. It was cool that he gave a shout out to Montreal and said, I hope you get a team back. You know, that was awesome Love because, um, you know, we as we know from just what we've seen, you know, from documentaries and what we've seen from interviews with fans, at, you know, in Montreal and Quebec, it's like that the love that they had for that franchise was unique. And uh, I remember you know, after Pedro won, Pedro Martinez won in 04 with the Red Sox. He says, "This my ring is with them too." You know, like he had to he had to bring that up, Montreal, because you know all those guys dispersed. Wetland won in New York, Pedro won in Boston, um, Larry got to the World Series with the St. Louis. You know, so all these guys dispersed and and had their had what they might have had in that city. Um, you know, and like Larry said it. I I mean, who knows what would have happened in '94? We were 70 and 44, six games up on the Braves. And it's like on August 12th when the work stoppage happened, who knows if that goes through, they win the world series, new ballpark, you know, what, you know, you don't know. I mean, it, a lot of things could have changed for that city. And, um, but Montreal's pain, Colorado's gain. And, uh, you know, he talked about why he came here, obviously to, to the, uh, he, he just followed the Rocky mountains down basically. Um, <laughs> and, and he's here. And I think that for, for Colorado fans, you know, he, he really, I think he took a minute to talk about Colorado fans and the, the, the desire he said this for the book too i think it really means a lot to him if you guys if you guys who are watching go go and go and call up on youtube his farewell from denver uh the press conference where he left and he was he was he was holding back he was crying i think he might have cried but he he was he was choking back tears at the least and he said you know when i asked him about leaving he said the people the people the people the people i it was very hard to leave the people around here and uh, he said he w he hopes that there will be a ticker tape parade. He calls it that ticker tape parade um, yeah. down Blake Street. You know, he said it for the book. He said it in the in the speech. Um, and I, I think he really is sincere about wanting to see that before he's dead. 
honestly, he told me before I leave this earth, I want to see, you know, the Rockies win it all. And he said, uh, you know, you know, when we were, when we were talking for the book, he said, I really feel bad for that fan base. I really do. Because it was so exciting at first, you know, in 95, we, we win the first wild card. We should have beat the Braves. And if we had, we're in the NLCS, the Braves swept the Reds. Who knows what we would have done to them? Who knows? You know, knows? they're not that far away in, in their third year of existence from reaching the world series. Honestly, they threw that, they threw it away. But um, then he said, honestly, like he said, then we were terrible. And uh, you know, and that's why the fan, you know, the fans, you know, what do you expect? You know? And so um, it's, uh, it, it's, and I feel it too, because I'm not a Rockies fan and I've done my shit fair share of Rockies bashing, but um, the, the reason behind that really is because this fan base is incredible. And this fan base, what they had, what they showed in 93, when this team came here, 80, 82,000 people, Walker mentioned that in the speech. He said, I never forgot opening day 93 at mile high. Cause I was there as an expo. He wasn't playing, but he was, he was hurt. But he, he said, I'm so glad Eric Young hit that home run. He told me, he's like, because I got to see what this fan base was about. And I remember that when I became a free agent and I told my agent, you know, I like, I, I, let's, let's call, let's call the Rockies, you know? And, um, I, you know, for him, it was all about playing in front of that. Everybody wants to play in front of that. And this fan base has given the Rockies a lot, you know, in terms of their support, their love, their passion, even in the lean years. And so you just hope for them, for their sake, that at some point in the relatively near future, um, they become competitive. And, and, and by that, I mean, deep into the postseason. And the cool thing about it is, is that um, as much as we can't explain why, they're a great team at home. They, they win and they're entertaining to watch. They're fun to watch at home, right? If you're a Rockies fan, it's like all these guys are stepping up and doing these things. Guys like Connor Joe out of the, the coming out of the woodwork, and you're like, I mean, Connor Joe legit is having like by any standard a fantastic offensive season, you know. And uh, you know, when things when things start to click for some guys, it's pretty awesome. It doesn't really. Um, completely take away what, how this, the team was gutted in a sense when Arenado left, but at the same time, it's good. It's a good sign for them, at least for the future, if they can figure out the road thing. But the b- bottom line I mean, is the fan base, the fan base yeah. is, is so great here. I think Walker did a good job of kind of acknowledging that and saying what he hoped to see for this fan base in the future. Yeah. Well, we'll let you catch your breath here. We're as, yeah, as sure. there, there, there's, there's go, a lot can, of beautiful things, you know me. <laughs> beautiful things. To talk I about, I, I'm just waiting for you to, to get down the path where you talk about, you know, how good the nachos are at Blake Street Tavern and tying that <laughs> in, uh, you know, the maybe the wind blowing out to left field on certain day games versus night games. But right. uh, I, I love the 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 takeaway of Yankees fans having a little bit more appreciation for Larry Walker, and I imagine when they get home or when they had gotten home last week and watch the recap. Like anytime you're at an event like that. You want to relive it again yeah, you want to relive and it. watch the highlights again. And they see Larry Walker and I go, is he wearing a SpongeBob pin? They probably had no, you know, you know, you're right. Yeah. They probably couldn't really see it. And then when they see it, they're like, what is up with that? Like, the cause East they have Coast no, loves like Larry we know Walker what's going on here, but they, they're not going to know. But the other thing too, is however many millions of people, tens of millions, millions of people uh, watch that on MLB network. I think that a lot of the same reaction, I'm sure, because um, in Colorado, we know, but, you know, 
and in Montreal, they know, and in St. Louis, they know, but elsewhere, um, you know, East coast, West coast, when they're watching that and listening to those accomplishments listed off and listening to this, the unbelievable numbers that he put up when he was playing, I think that's a really good thing because I think one of the things that the people, those of us, including all three of us here who were pushing hard for him to get into the hall of fame wanted was an acknowledgement of how great a player he was, not just, not just, yeah, right. he got in, um, which is huge, of course, because now he's among the 1% and he's voted in by the writers. It's all, all of that, you know, notwithstanding, um, the, 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 the casual baseball fan got to see on last Wednesday that this dude was a stud. This guy is one of the, if he had, and I, I, I maintain this, if he had, we were talking about guys like Eric Davis and Ellis Burks, you know, before the show, Larry Walker, man, that's that Larry, what you take Larry Walker and make him healthy um, and make, give him 600 more games or 700 more games. We're talking top five right fielder of all time. And like right yeah, field is usually represented in yeah. the whole thing. You know, it's, he's already top 10. If you look at jaws, right. He's already top 10. And it's like, people are shocked when they see that, but if he was healthy and he could stay on the field, this guy, you know, and he, and, you know, he would have been, I mean, cause this guy could hit on the road. This guy hit better on the road than at home in 97. He, he did. He hit 29 out of his 49 homers on the road. People like to it, quote all the other things. And like, it's, yeah. it, it's just, <laughs> like, there's a lot of great Larry Walker stats and I love every single one of them going yeah. on down the list, but the, the hitting better on the road in his MVP year, um, by the way, uh, I've got to, I've got to toast my Breck brew to that. I've also got to sell my Breck brew to that. I've got to remind That's everyone right. out there to drink your Breck brew along with, they, they might've even been toasting Breck brew to Larry Walker out there on the, on the East coast for the first time ever. So we got to appreciate yeah. that. Remember that you can get your 15 can sampler of Breck brew down at King Supers or your local liquor store, you get a bigger one at the DNVR bar. If you are a member of the family, subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You get access to all the written content. You get discounts on hats and shirts. You get a free shirt if you get the annual. You get access to our Discord channel, which is just a private chat room where we're talking baseball 24-7, all the other sports, of course. Uh, we got channels in there to talk about anything and everything, TV shows, movies, uh, whatever you're baking, whatever you're taking pictures of, what you've been, uh, well, you haven't been snowboarding lately, but you're about to be out there in just a couple of months, all those kinds of things. So check in on that. Subscribe to the DNVR.com. You'll get access to any number of amazing things, including getting hooked up with some of our friends like Ball Corporation. You know about Ball. They just got the naming rights to where the Nugs and the Avs are going to play. They also just treat everybody including the planet as an everybody awesome they've got a 100 percent on the corporate equality index score from the human rights campaign basically Derek Jeter missed out on by one vote on the corporate index there. <laughs> right. but not ball not ball ball and mariano rivera 100 only those two that's right 100 uh, they take care of the environment they take care of their people they're hiring right now for their plant in Golden. So check them out. Text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com. Search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com. Search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Could not find a better place to work 
than out there at ball, making great products that don't, you know, poison the environment or do it. It's actually sustainable materials. Everything about it is great. Check them out at jobs.ball.com. Now, again, we're here with Manny Randawa at Manny on MLB, reporter for MLB.com. Fantastic book. If you don't already own it, check it out. The Blake Street Bombers, all about that. One thing that, you know, I know you're not going to bring up because you're too modest, but you helped spearhead a really fantastic event in fall of, well, 2019. It, it's hard to keep track of these dates. Fall of 2019. It's crazy that it's been two years now. Where we have all, we all gather together, the uh, baseball-loving community here in Colorado, as well as the Sabre, the, the uber nerds that we have, uh, gathered for an event to really go all in. And, and we recorded it, shared it with, uh, a bunch of the members of BBWAA to help get the word out and say, look, people really need to dig a lot deeper with the numbers. And you were a huge part of that. And, and maybe you can discuss about that, that final step. I think that that push that Larry Walker ultimately ended up needing since he only got that 75% of the vote by a handful. Yeah. And well, that, I think my- that event in, in fall of 2019 was the last piece that he needed. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. I, I, I think I'll give you my theory as to what happened because I still am kind of shocked even two years later um, because nobody went from 30. Nobody overcame that much of a deficit in the last two years, 34 to 76 in two years. Um, I, I, so I still don't really know how it all happened, but and we'll never know um, because we can't bring in all of the converted the writers that were converted to Walker Walker's case here and have them you know, be accounted for, but, um, and, and explain how they came to change their minds. But here's what I think happened. Um, that event at the Blake street tavern, we had, you know, Sabre hosted it, uh, Rocky mountain Sabre chapter hosted it. So Paul Parker and all the board there and everybody who, um, allowed us to, to do that. I mean, huge, huge credit to them to, to put the event on. Um, I brought my, PowerPoint basically. And, uh, Dan Evans, this is crucial. Dan Evans went up there with me. Um, I think, I think, and again, this is not false modesty. I think that Dan Evans is this person singly single person, most responsible for Larry Walker in the hall of fame. And the reason I say that is because right beforehand, he pulled me aside, pulled me aside and said, Hey, let's put this cam. I got a camera. I brought a camera. Let's put this camera over here on the table so we can video, we can take video and then I'll tweet it out. And, you know, we can start disseminating it on social media. And I didn't think much of it at the time. I'm like, all right, yeah, good idea. Um, so let's do it. And we did that. And then Dan, like Dan came out guns a blazing with amazing stats. Like the best one I remember from, from that, that I'll never forget is he said, Larry Walker played in a higher percentage of his game, his team's games than Ken Griffey Jr. did in his career. You know, stuff like that, you know, makes you think. And I think that after he did that and then we put the video up on YouTube and then he, Dan Evans, if you, for all that don't know, is a former general manager of the Dodgers and as former, former assistant general manager of the Chicago White Sox and one of the most respected executive baseball executives in the game in the game or former executives in the game. Like today, to, he's a huge reason why the field of dreams game went off the way it did, because he was a huge part of that. So 40 years, 40 years working in, in various roles yeah. around MLB. He's a baseball lifer. And he's a, and he's so well-respected and he's got a lot of important people that follow him. And 
you know, he got calls from writers saying, why are you on the, on this Walker thing? What's the deal here? And he got, and, and I think that through that, then you have the grapevine ex that, that extends out. And then you have all these connections on social media when, and, and uh, then Tyler Kepner writes an article on like the day before, um, you know, the ballots are due about how Walker should be in the hall of fame uh, with the New York times. So Tyler is with the New York times. So the momentum kind of started rolling from that event, but it was, um, I think Dan's foresight in getting this recorded and getting it out to the people that are important um, and lobbying those people when they called him and say, here's why Larry Walker's Hall of Famer. You know, um, I won't say names, but like really, like really like national baseball writers calling them up and saying, what's the deal here? Like why, why Walker? Like Walker doesn't seem to be a Hall of Famer to me. Why are you with it? So um, I think that's what happened. And when we were, uh, you know, when we were watching at the uh, watch party, he was at some distance from me. And uh, right before Tim Mead went up there, the president of the Hall of Fame, to announce the results, he was like, what do you think? You know, he's just kind of signaling to me like this. And I'm like, I think he's going to fall short by literally a handful of votes. And uh, I think I said three. I said I thought he'd fall short yeah. by three. I think yeah. That, was, and, uh, that definitely well was three. what I was feeling. Yeah. Right. It was a gloomy day. I remember. I think it was like kind of cloudy. And it just, yeah. Cold. there was excitement yeah. in the place. But you go, no. It's, I did the like Rockies don't get it. Four the, the live shows that day, and you can literally watch me change as a human being. You <laughs> <laughs> like, get worse. Well, there's that one too? snapshot that somebody took of 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 Drew and I, Drew and myself standing next to each other right as it got announced, and I think I was doing the the fist pump, and I think Drew was like. I, I just no, I couldn't. Drew he was up. absolutely Drew jumped up just like a puppy whose owner was home. Like, that's what Drew <laughs> right. did. It was the best. I, I yeah. And he started I jumping. Yeah. And so like like it was um yeah. you know, it was just and, and I think Drew I think Danny had a had an inkling that this is gonna happen. And uh you remember yeah, though to, to drive your point home because yeah. I asked the room, we did a show before the announcement. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And the the <laughs> the vibes in the room were not. Oh yeah, we're here for a celebration. Oh, Larry's yeah. getting in. The vibe was no Everyone. one was leaving, and Larry Walker's going to get not going to be in the Hall of Fame. That was the vibe. They they made Nolan Arenado mad. That was the the thing, right? Right. And uh, like, there could not have been a group of people with more tightly squeezed sphincters than <laughs> yeah. all the. Land. I guess that's the way to put it. Yeah. If, yeah, if right. we must get, uh, but yeah, we we really were, and so I'm glad Danny had a feeling about it because I'll tell you yeah. what, the rest of that room, and you remember oh, when I, I asked, is this, you know, is this a comment not just on Larry Walker, but on the entire Colorado Rockies organization and on your fandom? And every person in the room threw their hand up and said, "Yeah, yeah, I feel like it is." So that room was ready to walk home set. I gave a speech. I remember giving a speech, like preparing that room to walk <laughs> home sad. Like if it doesn't yeah. happen, go out there and it's like, it's like, like a, it's like a calling on your life, man. I mean, that's right. what you've been doing for a long time and you're good yes. at it. <laughs> that moment was incredible. Um, and but yeah, the funny. moment was, uh, you know, I'm glad it was preserved because I mean, it was just the, the, the shock, the sheer shock value. Like there are very, I think there are very few moments in your life where you can have a collective, a collective, feeling of utter shock like as mm -hmm. in like 
like there wasn't I I really doubt because those are the, the people who show up to these things are hardcore. Like they, they're the they're they know their <laughs> stuff. I'm I, I think I don't I would have a hard time believing even one person in that room thought Larry Walker is going to be elected. One. Right. And uh, I don't think that there was anybody in there that, that thought that was going to happen. And, um, you know, at first it was like, you know, I didn't sleep. The whole, I didn't sleep that night. I tried. And I woke up, of course, at three o'clock in the morning. Um, sure. And uh, it was just everything was just uh, there was just adrenaline because it's like, what, what just happened? And how my, my biggest thing was like, how in the world did this happen? And then the whole, you know, Larry saying that he had settled at 73.3 for obvious reasons. And then that he got 3.3 percent more than that to get to 76.6. And then uh, I didn't find out until I think after the, the, the press conference with him that he on Twitter, that he's number three, three, three. And uh, just, uh, you know, just crazy. So it was very special. It was very cool. It was, I'm, I'm, I ha- I won't say who it was, but I had a, I had a grown man come up to me in tears and hugging me and saying, we got one in there. You know, it's like, we are legit now. We there's just going to be a CR in that plaque in that plaque gallery at the Hall of Fame, which means Colorado Rockies baseball is good. It's is not. It's it not. Helps. It's not. It, it, in the sense of like we have guys in our history that belong there, just like other teams have had. And so, um, as 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 much as tumultuous as this last couple of years have been with this team. Um, and as much as much blame has been laid at the feet of man of front, the front office, and I think deservedly so, um, it was it was a it was kind of um, an uplifting moment that you know when that happened because you know that was literally I think the day that no one said the word disrespect to whoever he said it to or the day after yes. or whatever. Yeah, and so it was like everything, and this was right after. And this was right after that 19 season when they lost 91 games after that real the high of going to, you know, back to back postseasons. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's like almost like don't kill these people, man, by, by Walker not getting into, that's just like a triple. <laughs> right. Right. And then it's like, yeah. and then for that to happen, it was, it was a, on so many levels, it was special. And, and I'm, I'm thankful that I got to be part of it. It was, it was uh, again, when that guy came up to hug me, that's when it hit me that, this what this meant to to you guys to, to the Rockies fans to, to people who have grown up around here to people who have been a fan for their whole life because I'm I'm not that guy so I but that's that was really probably the most rewarding moment for me was when I got that feeling of what the fans what it meant to the fans that Larry Walker was elected so very very cool and uh now now it's done you know I had I had somebody from my my uh I used to work at the Indianapolis Star that was my first job out of school and one of the uh, producers there text or tweeted, quoted my tweet when I had the picture with the sculptor, of, you know, pointing to the plaque that uh, he, 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 he posted a GIF, quoted my tweet with a GIF of a soldier leaving his post saying my watch has ended. And so my watch is my watch has ended now. Um, I think right. the last the last thing I, I didn't really think know about how I would feel about it. I thought my watch ended on January 20th, 21st, 2020. But it kind of just feels like, okay, that's closed now. That, that thing's going to be there forever. That plaque is going to be up there and it's got a CR on it. And uh, now the 33 is going to go up. That's the last thing, you know, once the 33 is up there forever, then, you know, it's, uh, and I think I said this afterward, after the, the watch part, after the announcement that this is a testament to power that social media can have 
I mean, that's what Walker mentioned that he said the social media gave it a push and he's right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a testament to the power that, you know, just a group coming together to do something and, and try to make it happen. I still think it was, you know, I mean, this thing was a long shot from the beginning and I, I still think it's, I still am amazed it happened. I remember asking him, um, a year ahead, a year before that, when I went down to Florida to, to talk to him uh, for the book. And I said, well, I, I, I prefaced it with, it's a long shot, but what would it mean to you get to get in the Hall of Fame on the last ballot? And uh, he said t- the typical brilliant wit of Larry Walker, specifically his brand, it would be cool to go with Derek Jeter, but it'd be cool for him to go with me. And it was like, <laughs> and he was, of course, he was, of course, just joking That's about that, but there's actually truth to that because but there's uh, so much truth to it, though, because there's the guy that was the main event for this Hall of Fame induction ceremony produced less value than the guy yep. that went before him. And it took him 759 more games to produce the value he did, that Jeter did. Yep. So it's like, honestly, that's that's besides the home road split in 97. That That's the stat right there is that the guy who gets in with 99.7 produced 72.4 war in his career. The guy who got in on his last ballot by six votes waited 10 years. So the exact opposite, the polar opposite, had a higher war, and he played in 759 fewer games to get to accumulate that value, which is why I say if that guy was healthy, we're talking about an inner circle Hall of Famer. We're talking about a guy that would have hit 550 home runs, maybe 600 home runs, a guy who would have stolen 300 bags, 400 bags, um, just gaudy numbers, and – Coors couldn't hold him back. So so Larry Walker will forever be the guy that broke down the door for MVP for the Rockies, and he broke down the door for Hall of Fame. And now uh, Todd Helton should have been MVP in 2000 over Jeff Kent, and I think Todd Helton will, be this, will though, be the second uh, Rockies Hall of Famer. I think that's going to happen before his time is on the ballot is up. So good things. Yeah. Uh, good let's, things. let's hope that when he gets in, it's not also with, like, Mark Teixeira or CC Sabathia, and then you got the whole Yankee storyline. Like, come on! I know, right? Get I that mean, yeah, out of here! Enough of the Yankees. Yeah, the shoeing guys. Yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, the Yankees. I mean, who's next? Like, is there anybody else from that from that dynasty team that? Well, Teixeira, Jorge Teixeira, Teixeira, I think. I, think I don't Jorge know if Teixeira, Teixeira has a Hall of Famer though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have. I honestly don't know. I haven't. Even giving it a look. So I want Todd Helton and Scott Rowland to go in. Scott Rowland's all favorite. We gotta have those two guys. And you and I, I saw your tweet the other day, and I'm glad you and I are, are in lockstep on this, though it's it's past the time, so we gotta do extra work on top of it. Kenny Lofton's got to go yeah. into the Hall of Fame. What the hell happened there? Kenny Lofton um <laughs> is another guy that I mean for him, because he was a he's the guy who dropped off the ballot, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's worse. I mean, I mean, Larry stayed on the ballot. I mean, this guy dropped off the ballot. You know, and it's like there was not besides Ken Griffey Jr. who's he's playing the shadow of Ken Griffey Jr. all that time. But besides Ken Griffey Jr., you know, in the '90s, I don't think there was a better center fielder. Marquise Grissom was. They were neck and neck, and in fact, they were traded for each other. But outside of that, but I think I think think Lofton Mm -hmm. in terms of defensively. Yeah, I mean yeah. Grissom. Don't get me wrong, great defensive player, but I he's made some of the best yeah. catches I've ever seen. I mean, so Lofton. You go back and watch Lofton highlight highlight reel, man, and it's like just the 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 like literally like forearm over the wall, bringing things back, and uh, his speed. His you he was know, one of the first guys who could do that consistently amazing. of yeah. robbing the home runs. He did it consistently. There's a few guys right. if you go back and you look that dropped off the ballot quickly because 
Bonds, Schilling. Walker gets in finally on his 10th ballot, but you're like, all right, so for nine years, guys were giving him votes. That mm-hmm. could have gone. It could have maybe gone to yeah. Kenny Lofton. Edgar Martinez was on it for a yeah. long time. And, and as, we, as we're talking about it, I'll jam. say Dick Allen, absolutely a Hall of Famer. Go, everybody go look at Dick Allen's numbers. Uh, that dude, yeah. that guy should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. I, I mean, I just, it's mind boggling. So there are still people for whom to, you know, I get emails. I got an email off my Walker um, story from before he went in for MLB.com. It was, it was an email saying, all right, now get to work on Roger Maris. And I'm like, you know, yeah, everybody can make, you can make a case for a lot of people, but there are only certain people that you can make a really good case for. Yeah. And Roland, Allen, Lofton, guys like this, you can make a really good case, you know? And um, so I, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I, I'm. I think I'm done with that because that one's enough. I mean, that was that was a process, and it was fun, and it was <laughs> like, but it was also intense, and it was you know. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that to to the next person. But um, Drew has it, seven years now. He's got seven years to to work on his health and case to bust it out. He needs me to write a book. You know, I wrote there I you wrote a, a giant thing on Walker year one. He was eligible, yep. I think. And, and then I just kind of watched it grow from there. The Helton thing. I don't think he even needs, I think he's going to get in comfortably. You I think he's going to get in. Can't be too cautious. More of a margin than Larry did. Yeah. Fair, yeah. I mean, but not, not like, I mean, it'll take a few years, I think, but it'll happen. If it's going that way, I'll write the book. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Fair. You get what I'm saying. You have seven years. Don't procrastinate, Drew. Don't. What's amazing? Now. The Todd Helton thing, and I've I've got to do one more ad here to see him. But what it always blows me away that his 2000 campaign was even better than you think. However good you think he was in the year 2000, he was better than that. Bump 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 it up more because he look was at the not look at that 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 was one of the great offensive campaigns in recent memory absolutely he was batting like close to 500 in months in entire months <laughs> at a time like for huge chunks of time he was doing ridiculous things and i still he was also the most valuable player of that season in the national league however you sliced it I mean, Just, it, yeah. look, if you want to go to war, they got it wrong. The writers got it wrong with Kent. If you want to go to sheer numbers, the writers got it wrong with Kent. Um, but again, um, I think so, some of that too is uh, the 2000 Giants won 97 games. And so, you know, it's, it's again, the, 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 the continued, and this, is, this remains today, the continued emphasis on how the team performed is bogus because you are punishing a guy for his teammates and that's not fair. If a guy is valuable, he's valuable wherever you put, if he's playing here or he's playing there, he's putting up those numbers. He's the guy. Shohei Otani is the MVP, you know, and he's, and he's going to play for a team that's middling and they're going to finish again. You know, the most frustrating team in baseball really is actually the angels Angels. because, because they are wasting prime all world talents here. Mike Trout cool. and and Shohei Otani in the middle of that lineup, and so it's very, um, yeah. Anyway, that's another that's a whole that's a whole podcast right there. But that guy's going to win the MVP, and he's not going to be on a playoff team. And that's the bottom line: is you got to be fair, and that's what this whole Walker thing is about. Be fair about it, okay? You know, don't go like, well, we don't we don't say Coors, and then say um, we, but, and then we throw the advanced metrics, the Park of Justice numbers that you said. Ah, I don't like those either. 
what are you supposed to do then? You know, it, yeah. it's like that means that the guy just can't get in. So the thing with Helton is, is that, you know, back then there wasn't this kind of understanding of um, how underrated some guys can be. I think we're more aware of that now than we ever have been because of guys like Walker and Edgar Martinez and Tim Raines and these guys getting into the Hall of Fame, for example. But even in, in voting, you know, the writers voting, they just they got it wrong so many times because, you know, obviously they didn't have advanced metrics back then. But at the same time, um, even based on here's the funny thing. It's ironic. 1995, Dante Bichette was um, not the his war was so far behind Barry Larkin. But here's yeah. the thing. They weren't looking at war. They didn't know what war was they, in 19. No, war wasn't a thing. They were looking at the numbers, and the dude, the guy led the NL in slugging, RBIs, hits, homers, and like he, what he said to me was, you know, no, you know, all, all respect to Barry Larkin, but my my road numbers were like his entire season numbers in terms of sheer raw homers and RBIs and all that stuff. I know RBIs is a context uh, is not a context neutral stat. But that's but you got to look at what the people are looking a context at. driven game back then. <laughs> 1996, Ellis Burks was not the MVP that year, in my opinion. Barry Bonds was, but Ellis Burks was, but neither was Ken Caminiti. Ellis Burks should have finished higher than Ken. Ellis Burks probably should have been second in MVP voting, not fifth. So it's like the bottom line mm-hmm. is is that based on numbers they're looking at back then. In fact, based on numbers they're looking at, Ellis might have been the MVP that year. So that's uh, it's just. Um, it, it, that's the thing about the Rockies. It's part of the reason I wrote the book, and and the the second edition is on the it's twenty the twenty fourth of this month it will be coming out. But the but the the reason the reason I, reason I I wrote the uh, uh, one of the big reasons I wrote the book is because you we don't really know just how good these guys were because of the way they're looked at by the the, the wider baseball world. The Blake Street Bombers are looked at as they were good players. They were average to good players that became awesome because of Coors Field. And the bottom line is, look at their careers before that. Look at their careers after that. And a lot of inspiration in their stories. Guys like Galarraga, who basically was about to quit before Don Baylor changed his stance and changed everything. Guys like um, guys like uh, Vinny Castillo, who's a skinny, scrawny shortstop who hit fastballs, but was behind Chipper Jones in Atlanta. And you know, Gephardt pulls him over to here, and and when Charlie Hayes leaves, instead of him instead of them going out and getting a third baseman, like move the kid over. Let's see what he can do. You know, Gene Glenn helped him out and he was a great, he had a great arm and the rest is history. And so same with Dante. Dante was always a great student of hitting. He just didn't get that chance until he got here. So um, Larry, well, Vinny, was, just, Larry was, Larry was the exception. Larry is the old world guy. He always was all, all that guy. He was, if 94 had finished, he might've been the MVP in the NL of 1994. Vinny was a shortstop coming up too. So yeah. It's exactly. easy to say, oh, he was behind Chipper, so he, you know, that, that's a shame. He was behind Jeff Blauser at shortstop for Atlanta. So, yeah, again, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. How uh, John Sherholt? Sorry, you missed one on that. You missed one on that. Blauser was, yeah, Blauser. I like Jeff Blauser. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, he's a small guy, but he's not. He would Vinny Castilla. What he would have done with them, much more. You're right. The some, base thing um, I'll, I'll tell you what that is, there, fellas. That is some unwise. Mortgaging of the future. If you want to have <laughs> like wise mortgaging of the future, you got to get with our friends at Chevalier Mortgage. You got to do it. Mike and Virginia, they'll take care of you. They know all about this wild and crazy housing market in Colorado. Let them take the burden off of you. It can be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. 
They know the market. They also know the sports. They know the DNVR. They're a longtime supporter of ours. So if you need someone who's going to take care of you, but also maybe be able to chat with you a little bit about the things that you care about, the sports in this uh, area, especially if, if you are uh, CSU Rams fans who are just looking for someone to commiserate with right now, just looking for someone to reach out to. It's great. Mike and Virginia, they actually double. They're, they're great mortgage people. They're going to help you out here, but they can also be therapists for mutual therapists for you and that you have to listen to their Rams thoughts too, though. It has to go both ways. You have to listen to their problems with the Rams. They listen to yours. You can all get together and talk. Either way, what you really should do is go to dmvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free shirt or hat of your choice. More importantly, you get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or Mike at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Gotta love those guys taking care of us. Um, and also, where Will, Will, yeah, with, with my, I love this tattoo with Todd Elton in 2000, swung and made contact, no contact. So he swung and missed. Thanks, Will, for tripping me up. <laughs> swung and missed on 117 pitches that season mm. i mean you consider you consider that he had about 600 at bats actually you don't use at bats there you use plate appearances how many plate, plate appearances. appearances did he have and so you think about you divide that out and you think about how many times he missed what percentage of the time he missed let's say how many pitches did he see for at bats? yeah and <laughs> of course that's unbelievable 580 at bats because he did walk 103 times. All right, gentlemen, I have a, I have a question for you. You walked, and and Ooh, quiz time. And, this is good. Yes, and this is and I think this is a good question since I know where you both stand, and so I'm asking it when I may be in the minority. So the question is this: oh, Good, I love it when you can put Patrick in the minority. This is good. Is Joe DiMaggio overrated? Discuss. Ooh. Okay, I'm not looking at any numbers right now, and I feel yeah, like I'm not going to choose this question. It's a, conver- it's a conversation, right? Because there's no right answer. It's just right. opinions. No, but is Joe DiMaggio overrated. Right. Yeah. No. All right, May's going yes. True, you're going probably, no. probably, and I, I only say that for one reason, and that's because of the 56 game hitting streak. Um, that's an enormous accomplishment. It's amazing. Nobody's ever going to do that again because of the number of pitchers guys face. Um, but back then you face one guy the whole game usually. And so um, the 56 Mom games. Says yes, but she's a huge Mickey Mantle. Yeah, That's a Mickey right. Mantle. That's a Mickey I, Mantle thing. She didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think the, I think when you get overrated, it's hard to get overrated if you're as great as Joe DiMaggio was, but it's, it's possible in the sense that when you have a number attached to you, like 56, you are mythologized beyond um, – Mythologize beyond what you were, even if what you were was one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. I mean, so right. I, suppose. I mean, how, yeah, how, I mean, I think, yeah, how rated is he? That's also also one of the, whenever you ask, is something over or underrated? He's one of the greatest of all time. He's considered one of the greatest of all time. I feel like we're matching up here pretty good. But I, you're right. I, so I suppose. There's a lore. There's the, there's the, there's the. Um, He's in the song. Yeah, there's the, yeah, there's the, there's the romance of it all. 
uh, and the time in which he played. Um, it's kind of like when yeah. you know, says, I would have struck out Babe Ruth, like, no problem. He's it's no, like, it's like, he's probably right. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying is that like, if you, if you put a, these people in a vacuum and, and it's a video game and you can let them face each other, what happens? And so um, I think it's, it's definitely, I think the same could be said for Ted Williams. Ted Williams is considered by many the quote greatest hitter of all time. Um, and he may very well have been, but, um, the four Oh, but the four Oh six, the four Oh six, um, again, a number, that number attached to him, the era in which he did it, the number of pitchers he saw, how the velocity he saw, the types of pitches he saw. I'm not, I'm not, you know, again, one of the greatest players of all time. I'm doing that against not. Jacob deGrom. And you're saying yeah. he's overrated? Mm-hmm. Ted he could be. He could be. Wow. And I could, I you just, know, honestly, honestly, yeah, I love this. Mm. Honestly, you could say you could say the same thing about Babe Ruth. In fact, Babe Ruth maybe more so than these I guys. I did a, a few days ago. Someone asked. Did actually, say that. If, if he was the greatest, but he was just he was this transcendental figure of the in the game because he changed yeah. it. You know, I mean, he, right, went, right. he went from he was he was so you know Ty Ty Cobb hit a lot of people, but Babe Ruth was like near the top of the list because he changed the game so much from what Ty Cobb knew. And was so good at the, the the small ball game, the speed game, the you know, uh, you know, it, it's it became muscle, and the home run captivated everybody. Which I, I mean, we understand why. And literally, Yankee Stadium was the the house Ruth built because everyone wanted to see him. That was the reason they had to build it. And so, you know, we 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 loosely use that terminology, the house that whoever built now. But it's never been like with Babe Ruth. And so Babe Ruth, I think. Is, is not overrated in his impact on the game. I think he's overrated in his skill as a baseball player, probably. Yeah. Shohei Otani. A lot of probably. Shohei Otani a lot of is doing right now is far beyond what Babe Ruth ever did. Well, with, with Joe DiMaggio, don't forget, 13-time All-Star. This is after missing three years in his prime military service. Much well, yeah, like and All-Star, All-Star is also – Three-time MVP, yeah. right? Yeah. Three-time MVP. Dude won nine World Series. So – I say this, if you think Joe DiMaggio is overrated, then I understand the argument of why you think Derek Cheater is overrated. Derek but if you Jeter, think they're compared, rated compared equally to, fine, yeah, I, I, to, I think they are very comparable because if you take – so statistically, I think both of them sit very similarly for their era, right? But it's what they do beyond the game, like as far as being a star, like almost transcending the game beyond like – Wait, Derek Jeter is an athlete. I'm not even sure what sport he plays. There are people out there yeah, who no, that's know Joe DiMaggio by that. I think that's movies. where the overratedness. Yeah. I think comes I took from, the, and I get it. I took the question to mean as far as ball player, period. And so, yeah. with, with with respect to the impact on society, with this, with uh, beyond the the field, um, absolutely, Babe Ruth is not overrated. Derek Jeter is not overrated as a player. Derek Jeter is way more overrated than Joe DiMaggio would be. Derek Jeter is way one of the more overrated players of his time, I oh, think. Man, he's um, long now. But but the thing is, is that that's as a player. You know what I mean? Just as a ball he player. Had, he had this uh, – when we talked a little bit about it with his speech earlier, he had this kind of aura about him where aura, he yeah, was just – he was made – he was just wired to be the cap – quote-unquote the captain of that team. He was wired to do – the thing he was wired to, you know, he came through in the, in those moments. He, he's Mr. November all whenever there needed to be a bit, 3000 was a home run. Whenever there are, there's some guys that, you know, every time there, there's an occasion to rise to, they do it. 
he's that guy. But all the rest of the time, he's overrated, you know, because he's not a good defensive shortstop. He was not a good defensive shortstop. Gold gloves are subjective. Again, all-stars, gold gloves, MVPs are subjective. Um, he had the best team of the era around him. Which he led, um, which he was the, the captain of. And he did well, that's right. Oh, that. Captain, captain, right? That's that's the, intang- the intangible, right? But he was um, never so, the best player on his own team. I'm just now, saying that point if, if you take it by based on actual player. ball player, that based on be, I think that's skill, fair. he is overrated. If you take it on um, the beyond that, no, because I saw no, what he means to those people. I was there. I was there. Yeah, and I was at a sea of Yankee people, yeah. Yankee people. And it was like yeah. these people, these people would have globe trekked across the world if they had to, to be there. And so uh, not just because it was necessarily in, you know, New York. So I, I just, I don't think he's overrated in that sense, you know, but I think he's overrated in as a ball player. Yes. Almost and every part of the, part actually, of the, the numbers that Joe show that is the award numbers between him and Walker. It's it's every it's every Yankee is is overrated in the in the same way, except yeah, for the ones that have been fair. legitimately, I mean, just beyond extraordinary. And we all go, well, shoot, look yeah, at that like guy. Mickey, Mickey Mantle, <laughs> like he's not Mickey Mantle's not. Well, New York is just a polarizing place, and I think it it's either you did it, and oh my gosh, you're like a demigod, or you couldn't deal with New York, or you just weren't good yeah. enough, and it's like. I think that's where you separate. You go, yeah, Randy Johnson. Sorry, right. you didn't get the job done. Yeah. You know, in New York. And just, so there, there's this. that loaded element to it that it's almost like if you can do it in in New York and yeah. you're a Hall of Famer, it's different there. That's worth bonus points. You know, yeah, in a lot of ways. There. No, Fair that part on. of it, and Jeter was able to do that, right? As we were talking about earlier, how he right. had never had any off the field issues. There, there's a big part of it where with just with the media, right? And so, but also, there's, also, a, also, there's a guy that might be underrated. Underrated. A legend that might be underrated, it's Mantle. And I'll say, and, and here's yeah. why I say that. If you look at Mike, Mike Trout's um take one of his MVP seasons, I think it was 2016, maybe take his 2016 and compare it to to uh, uh Joe Dem- or um Mickey Mantle's 1956, it is scary similar, the numbers. Yeah. But except for one thing, Mike Trout was healthy, Mickey Mantle had no knees. And so honestly. Like we are seeing the second Mickey Mantle with Mike Trout, and I and I and I love this is one of my favorite things Patrick's ever said. He said he's the two seven. Trout is two seven. That's his number. He's the second seven, and I and he really is. But if Mickey had been healthy, Trout wouldn't have been as Trout wouldn't compare, and that's crazy to think about. And so because of the injuries, I think he's underrated, um, which yeah. is crazy to say that Mickey Mantle could be underrated. But yeah. He's the guy. He's the all-time coulda, shoulda, woulda. Absolutely. My, I think is second up there. on that list. Maybe uh, certainly number one in modern times. But Mickey Mantle is the all-time. Yep. He was a Hall of Famer, no doubt, surefire, one of the greatest of all time. And he was never healthy. Like Griffey got. Half yeah, his I mean, if you make him healthy, he might have been the best career. position player that ever suited up. Yeah, he could very yeah. well have been that guy. Yeah. My mom's loving it. She's like, "Oh, now they're singing my song. Light some candles." Oh Mickey, yeah, well, I didn't. You're I, 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 yeah. Boy. You're welcome, Barbara. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I. It wasn't for your fandom or anything, but I. I really believe Believing. that. You know. And don't forget, Mickey Mantle nickname: Commerce Comet. Mike Trout, no, also otherworldly, the yeah. Millville Meteor. 
It's just so many. And if you look at their, if you look no. at their build and their, and you put them yes. side side by side, it's Thick crazy. Mess. It's eerie. It's uncanny. No. Um, they're even built the same way. Uh, just yeah. So it's it's a uh, it's Mickey it's, Mantle. That's the great thing about baseball. We can go we can go yeah. all the way from Larry Walker into the Hall of Fame to the Rockies to Mickey Mantle, and we can do it all in. And, and that was just the first segment, I think. <laughs> we were on that roll. Yeah, I know. Don't forget Hill, named after Mickey Cochran. Mike Trout, yeah. named after the fish. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. The fish, I, man. I mean, the, 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 the Angels love their fish, right? Trout, salmon. They're the number one and two on the home run list. Um, that's amazing. Funny, when I was at the airport, I, was, I took a picture of the parking level I was on at DIA. It was a trout level. It was the fish level. And... Uh, <laughs> And I was looking at it and I took a picture. I'm like, why is there fish on here instead of the greatest baseball player of our time? Because that's all I think about now. And it's a, it's a sickness. But that's all I think about when I see the word trout is that he's the greatest right now. And what he could have been if he didn't miss time for the, for the pandemic and for injury. Um, third most home runs for the Angels? How about third most home runs for the Angels? Who's that? Guppy Smith. So no, it's really no, all no, you're just you're making that up. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's like uh, so uh, the things like that in baseball are fun. Like the three 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 stuff with Walker, that'll always be there. It's like like the gas prices when I left is through, through the whole state almost like three dollars and thirty three cents. It's crazy. It's like, you know, no, it's like this this can't be real. Yeah, it's, and it's so yeah, fun. It's fun and. uh and you know it's um, it's what baseball is, right? I mean, baseball means a lot to so many people, and I think for for a lot of different reasons. But part of it is just the shared history and tradition of it all um, that we can, you know, we can all talk. You know, it's I talked to those guys. I started, I got into that conversation at Double Day Cafe with those guys next to me about all these guys who should be maybe Hall of Famers that are not. I'll never see them again, right? But we had that conversation, and uh, it was because. You know, I didn't tell. It's really fun when you don't tell them what you do. Right, and right, right. Having that conversation with them. And, I love and, talking sports with people who have no idea yeah. that you work in sports. It's one no, of the best. Exactly. And, yeah. and it, then there's there's preconceived notions. So you just like talk to them right. like a fan and you're like um, and then, you know, and you kind of kind of have a good good chat about baseball history. Like the guy started one of the guys started saying, I'm going to give you some numbers. You tell me who this is, you know, play that game, you know, and uh, <laughs> He gave player me three sixty nine player B. Oh, we know that game, baby. Yeah, I yeah, know that game. We know that game here. Yeah, no, like, like, like he gave me. Uh, this guy's not in the Hall of Fame and should be. He gave me three hundred sixty nine homers. I'm like, that's Todd Elton because I know that number. You know, because I know three eighty three. I know three eighty three with Walker. I know three sixty nine with Hilton. There's certain numbers you just remember, and uh, there's certain guys you're like, how come I can't think of this one? And then when they tell you, you're like, oh, of course, you know. So, yeah, it, you can do that with a complete stranger. And then never see them again, and you had that minute with them that where you had fun doing that. So that's baseball. It's a lot of fun. Love it. All right, everyone. Well, speaking of a lot of fun, we had a lot of fun on this one. Make sure that you're uh, following along with everybody on social media to continue the fun. I'm at Drew Creaseman. He's at Patrick D. Lines. He's at at Manny at at at. How many asks can I get into one sentence? At Manny, where Manny can people on pick up MLB. the second edition? Where can people get yeah. the second edition? Yeah, on the, 24, on the 24th, Amazon.com. Type in Blake Street Bombers. It'll be there. It's um, uh, now that uh, Walker is so, the uh, – September 24th. Yeah. September 24th, the day before Larry yeah, Walker before. gets inducted, or right. rather his number gets retired there is. at Coors Field. 
Exactly. Good timing. Yeah. And so it, it, now, now that Walker is in the Hall of Fame, that was the last part of this. His whole speech is in here and it was the last part. And so uh, the, basically it was a pleasure to turn chapter 17 of why Walker belongs to why he's in. And uh, so that was that was the best part of uh, updating this thing. So, yeah, 924. And uh, it's on the eve of Walker's Walker having his number retired. And uh, it, yeah, it's Walker weekend. That's the last one, man. That's it. That that closes the chapter on the Rockies first Hall of Famer, I think. And uh, and he's he's getting he's being feted now. And they sh- as he should be. I'm getting, getting his due. I'm getting a second copy, man. So I'm going to be bringing it to you. Get ready for Thank the inscription. Right. Of course. Thank you very well, much. Yeah, you got to get the updated one. I know most of the people listening to this already have the book, but you want the most updated copy because it's got all this stuff in it because Walker's in it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's it's literally called the Larry Walker Hall of Fame second edition because yeah. it's it's uh, it's a monumental event in this uh, franchise's history. And obviously for the Blake Street Bombers, they got a Hall of Famer now. So it's uh, he's he headlines that group and uh, – and yeah. and now the, the you know the last chapter is the biggest update, which is uh, has his entire speech, so it's recorded there, so that you can always refer back to it if you if you so desire. You can. That's cool. And all the numbers are uh, from from his, the case we made for him are there still too. So it basically saying here's why it took so long because of these misconceptions and blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Ad nauseum, we've we've gone over that, but. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's coming out. It's been a lot of fun to, to do this and, uh, to, to work with the guys and, um, stay tuned. We might have some, some, some when this COVID stuff is over, hopefully we might have some stuff, uh, in-person stuff. So that'll be great, man. Well, yep. we'll keep everyone updated. Like I said, follow everyone on social media to make sure you don't miss any of that. Subscribe to the DNVR.com for all the cool stuff that comes along with that. Keep being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. In the world, we promise that we will keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Manny Randawa, and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.